You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. You can support us on Patreon and join our Discord server at patreon.com slash wtfolklore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. I'm your storyteller, Carmen. Crime Weaver Tyler. I'm Dr. Carpets. This episode brought to you by Carpets, that good, soft stuff your cats love to puke on. <laughs> that is <laughs> Ain't that true. the truth? If the, they've got a the choice... Abs- the absorbent towel for your floor. <laughs> carpets. If they have a choice between hardwood and carpet that are right next to each other, and they're right now on the hardwood, they will move to carpet. For Carping. the first time since moving into this apartment uh, this week, we managed to avoid disaster in that regard oh mm-hmm. we had enough warning that we were able to get out a paper plate and put it under her before she projectile vomited everywhere <laughs> carpets your pet's choice <laughs> <laughs> i like that that's just a feature of cats <laughs> all right like they just what? do that yeah like cats they and expel owls expel the demons <laughs> Uh, Dr. Carpets, I have a a request. Yeah. Like, as much as I enjoy carpets, and you have been repping carpets for a number of weeks now, um, could you maybe do something about daylight savings time instead? Yeah, please. Maybe turn your attention that way? Is that my jurisdiction? It's not. It isn't, but I would like it to be. Can you connect it to carpet for me? No, I I am suggesting a full career change. Oh, I see. So there, all right. So this is like I have. Well, I mean, I have to go back to school probably. Yeah. To do that, so I can't do anything about it this year or probably next year. <laughs> Maybe in twenty twenty five, if I can get a two year degree in time in the sun. <laughs> it f- it fully kicked my ass yesterday, oh, and I guess me. into today. Yeah, it's kicking me too. Because I was staying up late reading a book, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's one in the morning." Um. I guess I'll read a little bit more and then I'll go to sleep. And then I looked down at the clock again and it was three in the morning, suddenly. Mm-hmm. I had a and very, I do not care for that. I had a very, switcheroo. very similar experience. So I was left unsupervised yesterday, which mm-hmm. is always a very dangerous thing to do. Um, so the result of this was that I spent all day drawing, put out five spot illustrations in a day, and then bought the you know those mini freezer tacos i i think i like kind of a taquito but not yeah it's like it's like a teeny tiny taco yeah i can guess what that means though it's meant for like (laughs) snacks at parties um so i'm dog sitting and uh the dog that i'm dog sitting gets these adorable little taco treats so, like, every time I need her to go into her crate, I have to pull out one of these little taco treats. And every time I did, like, they smell awful. They smell like dog treats, and they don't have to flavor those because dogs eat too fast to taste things. Sure. Um, I am terrified of where this is going. But they are so cute. <laughs> and they reminded me of those tacos, and I just had a craving. So I got those, <laughs> and, uh, like, I had a very unhealthy childhood meal while watching Puss in Boots. Um, and you have not seen it, right, Tyler? I have not. It's my impression. I, f- I feel that you should rectify this as That's soon what as I have you possibly heard. can. Um, <clears throat> I like You know that I love How to Train Your Dragon to an unhealthy degree, and there is yes. a toothless hidden in every room that I have any influence over. <laughs> um, but I would say that this is maybe one of their most technically proficient and tightest storytelling films out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's usurped How to Train Your Dragon in my like heart of hearts, but it is definitely it might be the best movie that they have put together. Um, the villain is truly chilling, 
And for the first time in a long time, I didn't even let the credits fully roll before I rolled the, this movie back to that that character's entrance <laughs> and rewatched Just to every it again. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched every scene he was in. <laughs> um, and then I went to YouTube to watch people analyze every scene <laughs> he was in, and similarly. Um, it was like one thirty in the morning, a reasonable time, and then I looked down. Yeah, very reasonable time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's now three o'clock. Suddenly, an unreasonable time. <laughs> uh, which which puss in boots is this? This is the new one, the last wish. I haven't I seen the first the one. Second one. Yeah, I haven't seen the the other one, and I uh, still no. don't feel the need to. Yeah, uh, you're not missing much. Yeah, nor do you need to one. to watch this one. Like. They, they did a good job of letting this one kind of stand on its own. Who's the villain? Uh, it's this giant wolf character. And one thing that I really love about what DreamWorks has been doing lately is um, they really push their uh, their shapes language and their character design. It's uh, about damn time. <laughs> right? Uh, and they also really do some, do some really interesting things with uh, movement animation. Like they're getting more experimental with how characters move um which is fun they definitely pulled in some of the sony spider-verse mm-hmm. stylization uh i think in some places it didn't necessarily like that style didn't fit what they were doing it was more done yeah. for visual interests than for storytelling purposes and didn't add to it so much yeah, i feel like they were aiming for almost a stop motion kind of feel and it only happens sometimes it happens in action sequences primarily mm-hmm. so they're at least keeping internally like consistent with when they're doing that i Probably just don't so know that, that you it's... can like appreciate the the posing yeah because they are getting very exaggerated with that but like mm-hmm. every time this villain enters <laughs> hairs raise on the back <laughs> of your neck like they did a really good job with managing tonal shifts in this which mm-hmm. is something they usually struggle with like DreamWorks across the board has had issues with pacing and tone in a lot of their films, including the second How to Train Your Dragon, which I like was my favorite of their films for a while. Mm-hmm. It it has some like tonal shift issues and some pacing in the the second and third act problems, um, but they managed it beautifully in this film. So highly recommend. But also, an hour was stolen from my life while I. <laughs> obsessively watched people analyze this villain well i'll see what i can do in 2025 (laughs) about this uh this issue that we're dealing with yes thank you gordy are we the only ones who do this or do other or do other countries also do this right in other countries there is there okay if you're interested in this issue there is, I think, a bill by Marco Rubio, of all people, to get rid of it. And right. like if that is something that. you can get on board with and you and you can and you can like work with, with Marco on this one, that'd be fine. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm alright I'm alright. I'm alright with that. Apparently seventy countries utilize daylight savings time and we all need to get our shit together. Oh, I kind of assumed it was just the U.S. for some reason. It just seems like a thing that we would do that nobody else does. Yeah, where we're like, you know what? We t- we define time our own way. Can we stop time? That would be nice. I don't think there's any reason to keep track of it <laughs> any anymore. Not anymore. We did kind we, of... We like, get it. 2020 proved to us that we don't need time. <laughs> <laughs> or dates. Like, we survived without having any sense of the passage of time for quite some time there. And it hasn't really come back in full. Time? Yeah. Makes me nervous that it's going to all at once. (laughs) That is concerning. You know. Conceptually. Yeah, like... It's gonna hit like a fucking truck. Like just maybe, maybe all that time is in a potential energy state, and it is going to become <laughs> uh, sort of wash across us in one big mess. Just a spirit bomb of aging. Yeah, subsumes us all. 
Now I watched the clock very carefully because I knew I knew the funny business was coming, mm-hmm. and so I just want I just wanted it to know that I knew what it was going to do. <laughs> You're not fooling anyone, clock. Yeah, I just wanted it to know. Like I'm I'm ready for it. I just hate how it always seems to strike when I have finally gotten my like schedule to an almost functional semi-morning person schedule and then all of a sudden all that good work is gone because I'm just waking up an hour later now (laughs) (laughs) it turns to dust in front of you yes slips through my fingers and I'm once again uh, a terrible goblin mess just trying (laughs) to make it in society Uh, speaking of goblin messes yeah Let's tell a folk tale or fairy tale. Does it feature goblins? I actually don't remember. I noted oh, this a couple weeks ago, so this one's going to be as much a surprise to me as it is to all of you. Well, let's keep our eyes peeled for goblins, folks. Indeed. They might be hiding anywhere. Um, so this week we're going to be reading The Princess Nobody. Hmm. Uh, the title of which gives <laughs> me no blank. insights to the notes I took weeks ago, so I don't I have no I've got nothing. My Kingdom Hearts glands just activated. Oh no. Princess oh, no. Nobody, you say. Is that a is that a Kingdom Hearts thing? Yeah. Yeah. P- specifically Princess Nobody, or is it just nobodies? Just no- nobodies. Nobodies in that's, general. That's like a result of of nording a boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well well, it's a little more complicated than that, but we're not getting into that. You had your <laughs> well, time. <laughs> while while we're on this subject. Do we no more team ups. No more crossovers. <laughs> We're done. Keep them all. Keep them all separate. Goofy belongs in Goofy World, doing Goofy stuff. Each of the each of the Marvels has their own thing that they're doing. Just let them do that. Don't get them together. I appreciate how willing you are to expand your jurisdiction beyond carpets to all kinds of things. I just don't think this one requires a degree. That's probably fair. Maybe just uh, a certification. I did see some fan art recently that you may appreciate, Gordy, which recontextualizes all of Kingdom Hearts as Goofy just uh, recounting his D&D campaigns to his son Max and his girlfriend Roxanne. That seems good, yeah. Yeah, that's better. Goofy played a it's Final Fantasy. It's all in Fantasy Goofy's head. <clears throat> video game, and then he's like, I'm going to make a homebrew based on Final Fantasy. I'm going to play it with my my good friends. Or because he is goofed in the head, he just truly believes it happened. That's fair, too. Go- Goofy doesn't strike me as someone who has the, the focus. <laughs> For a whole campaign? Yeah. We clearly don't have focus, and we manage. So <laughs> It's a low bar. <laughs> um, so this story comes from the book In Fairyland by our old friend Andrew Lang. Uh, I couldn't find, like, a lot of information on this, probably because I didn't look very hard. Um, but as best I can tell, um, Andrew Lang took the drawings of Richard Doyle and made this story up. Because mm. it's, it's like, it's written in Fairyland by Andrew Lang after the drawings by Richard Doyle, as opposed to including the drawings by Richard Doyle, which makes me think... Andrew Lang collected a bunch of artwork, put it in an order, and made up a story. And this was uh, suggested to us by Disaster Master. So thank you, Disaster Master. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Are you two ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Yeah. Once upon a time. When fairies were much more common than they are now, probably because of a lot of casualties sustained in the fairy bird war, uh, there lived a king and a queen in a country, and this country was close to the fairylands. Um, usually they have names. Countries? Yeah. I have found, in my experience. Well, if we know anything about fairies, it's that they can steal names, and that's maybe happened to this country. Happened to a whole country? Yeah. They tricked, a, they tricked the name out of it. That's the heist of a century for fairies. Yeah. Uh, so often the little elves would cross over the border and come into uh, the king and queen's fields and gardens. Just kind of hang out. 
girl fairies would swing out of the bells of the fuchsias and loll on the leaves and drink drops of dew. No idea what the boy fairies did. <laughs> we just get this one. Or what the non-binary <clears throat> fairies did. We only sure. know what girl fairies did. The king and queen were very rich. And they were very fond of each other. But they had that... Seems rare. Oh, so common problem. <laughs> no kid. Mm. No one to take the throne after they're dead. No one to take all this money. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with this money? We've already made it into chairs and beds and trash piles. <laughs> so the queen kept wishing for a kid, even if the kid wasn't bigger than her thumb. We've been over this. This is this is a silly way to wish for anything. Like, size of my kid doesn't matter if there are other things to not matter. Bigger than your thumb is... <laughs> It just seems like such a a weird compromise. Like, well, I know it's a big ask to have a kid, but what if it's tiny? Is that is that easier to fulfill? Easier for magic, probably. I guess. Less space to fill in. Uh, so my impression is that she's like wishing this out loud in the gardens. Uh, repeatedly in the hopes that the fairies gallivanting around there would hear and help her because she has heard other stories uh, but unlike most cases when you wish a thing aloud with a very silly specification inviting mischief into your life uh, these fairies don't give a shit they just do not care it's probable that like living next to fairyland uh, these fairies know that this country knows their bullshit and mm -hmm. are maybe a little bit more suspicious of them trying to get wishes granted. Uh, but one day, the king had been counting all his money all day. Uh, because tributes had been and paid. weeping. He's like, where is this gonna go? Uh, he just got so tired. Because there's so much money that he has to count. It just makes you sleepy when you're that rich. They just keep giving me this money. I'm too embarrassed to tell them to stop. <laughs> I can't just say I don't have a baby for this. <laughs> he took Do they off... not know? <laughs> he took off his crown. He walked into the garden. He <clears throat> looked all around his kingdom. Um, I don't know. Is his kingdom just a garden? Like, if you lived in a big house and you could afford a crown, could you just call yourself a king of a very small property? Because we ran into this a few weeks ago where it sounded like this was a neighborhood, not kingdoms. I think, that's, I think it's more interesting than, like, a whole big kingdom. Yeah, you just, like, have a nice house and a garden and now you're a king. It certainly yeah. alters the scope of the story. Yeah. Well, he looks all around his kingdom, a thing that's easy to do, and he says, Ah, I would give it all for a baby! <laughs> I would like to emphasize that every time the word baby is used in this frickin' story, it's all caps. Everybody just is just shouting baby. baby. Um, so a little squeaking voice near his foot said, You will have a lovely baby if you give me what I ask. Mm -hmm. Always a good sign. Yeah, just listen to that. Yeah, I think I think that is better than a lot of other scenarios where it just happens. Yeah, and then you you're just responsible for whatever. Yeah. At least he was given the chance to flee. We know he didn't take it, but yeah. Uh, so the king looked down to behold the funniest dwarf he'd ever seen. <laughs> Can it be a goblin instead? Uh, sure. Uh, probably. Probably that makes sense, because this dwarf is wearing a high red cap like a flower. He has a big mustache, a short beard that curled outwards. His cloak was red, like his cap. His coat was green. And he rode on a green frog. <laughs> this man is a look. That's just very fun. Yeah, like, just vibes out the ass. Those are fun vibes. <laughs> what kind of hat? It's a, a, a red cap like a flower. Flower. 
Yeah. A high red cap like a flower. What so it's like that? one of those. What is that shape? <laughs> I think it's one of those like bell flower shapes because it's high. All right. So it's where not do, like a. Where do they sell these? Etsy. <laughs> I think if I put in red flower cap like in the story, I find it on <laughs> Etsy. Yeah. Try it. Like the one in the story that I'm reading. Uh, most people would have been frightened by this site, but the king was used to it. This is like a Tuesday. Have they met before? He has not met this particular dwarf, but his garden is constantly being gallivanted him. He he met the blue-capped goblin. Yeah. yeah. To his credit, I guess. Uh, so the dwarf repeated the exact same phrase that he'd said before because the description of the dwarf broke the flow of the story and Andrew Long needed to remind us what was happening. Um, and the king said... Yeah, sure. And the dwarf says, Promise to give me NIENTE! Also all caps. NIENTE! Is that a Pokemon? Probably. If it isn't yet, it will be eventually. <laughs> like, one day everything will be a Pokemon. <laughs> uh, sure, said the king, having no idea what this meant, <laughs> and therefore making a just... A blind deal with a fairy, like a king who doesn't live next door to the fairy kingdom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is, so it's worthless to me. <laughs> uh, and then he asks, how will you take it? In my own way, on my own day, answered the dwarf before spurring the frog and hopping away. That was, uh, that's, this has been an afternoon. <laughs> I think the king ought to just turn in for the day. It probably did. Uh, then good thing, because the next day, <laughs> a dreadful war broke out between the ghosts and the giants. Uh, now, we've, can, seen, can, uh, we've seen the giants as a faction. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a lot of background that I just did not know. <laughs> was going down yeah kind of just dropped that on us yeah we're just dumping some serious fairy tale politics in the middle of this so to establish for those of you who might not remember or who are listening to this podcast in newest to oldest order um <laughs> which i which i wouldn't yeah dangerous dangerous games all around there's no way to win <laughs> um so I wouldn't start at the beginning or the end. Just kind of pick them at random and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, Go listen to Pokemon Gun. That was a good one. <laughs> what? We, should do a, we should do a skip list one day. <laughs> which which might, might be sobering. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if we ever feel too good about ourselves, that's a good way to bring us back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just a, a recap of, of what we know about fairy tale politics vis-a-vis -vis giants. Um, apparently, fairies collect people as taxes mm -hmm. to pay mm -hmm. to hell. Right. And giants collect taxes from hell. symbiotic so like the tax flow goes from fairies through hell to giant where do the ghosts come in we haven't seen ghosts as a political faction yet we haven't seen too many ghosts in general uh, can a giant even punch a ghost I'm sure a giant can punch whatever they want I don't know if it will affect the ghost but it, like I, I don't feel like We've had fully friendly relations between giants and fairies in the past. But the king, in this case, sets forth to fight on the side of, of the giants. So it might be the case where, like, fairies and giants aren't super cool with each other, but when ghosts come into play... <laughs> they're, they're aligned. Yeah. Or at least it's not... It's not some kind of deal-breaker that this king is aligned with the giants. Because I don't think the fairies are involved in this war. 
but the king coming in on the side of the giants does not seem to cause any conflicts between his nation and the neighboring fairy nation. So he's gone for nearly a year. He comes back and hears all the church bells ringing. He freaks out and runs to the palace. The courtiers rush out and tell him that the queen had got a baby! Finally! Baby secured! Now he's been gone for nearly a year. Is that, is this his baby? Probably. Wait, what? 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 What'd you say? He's been gone for nearly a year. And he Who comes... has? The king? Yeah. Or the frog man? Both. Yeah, they made the baby and then he left. Uh... The, the king has been gone for a year at this war. Oh, the war, right. Yeah, I, I already forgot war. about the fucking ghost giant war somehow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> in the span of a second. <laughs> this is why none of these stories stick in our memory. <laughs> how can I be expected to remember something as trivial as a ghost giant war? <laughs> um, so, suspect, but that doesn't matter. Because uh, it's, it's a fairy wish baby, so... Who cares? Uh, he asks if it's a girl or a boy. The nurse says, it's a princess. And the king was still thrilled, even though he would have preferred a boy. Getting picky with his his requests here. Yeah, he didn't really stipulate that to the frog goblin. So he asked her name, and they said that they were waiting for him to come home, so we've just been calling her by the Italian name for nothing, which is niente. And also... Fucking oh, Pokemon. A fucking wild like solution <laughs> to, to this <laughs> problem. Like, what if we just call her nothing until the but, king names her? But in Italian. Yeah. Where are we again? Andrew Lang's backyard. Okay. It's fine. Not Italy. Right. So they did just pick at random. Yeah, they just like Grabbed a cool Pokemon name. I want to call her nothing, but I don't want to say nothing. Yeah, that's so. rude. So we're going to call yeah, her... Yeah, that's... <laughs> call her Niente. She can be a ghost type. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> and the king is, of course, like, oh shit, that's the thing. That's the thing with the dwarf. The thing that he wanted. He was going to give me a baby, but he wanted it back. And this king's got a better memory than me. He remembered something he heard once a year ago. <laughs> uh, so he kissed the queen, he comforted her, and he looked at the baby. Baby! Never was there a baby so beautiful. It was like a fairy's child, probably because it was, and so light that she could sit on a flower without crushing it. So maybe tiny? I mean, babies are already pretty small. Yeah, but they are very good at crushing flowers. That is one power a baby does have. That is the power that a baby has. Yeah, they can crush a flower. So they do flower. exert it. Yeah. When my uh, niece was um, two, maybe three, we'd done a Mother's Day lunch, and uh, the moms got like flowers. Uh, and my mom handed my niece the flower to hold, and the first thing she did was beat that thing savagely against the parking lot <laughs> ground. <laughs> so babies can absolutely crush a flower. Watch this, Grandma. <laughs> Take great glee in doing so. I'm gonna show this flower who's boss, and it is me. Uh, also, this baby had little wings on her back, and all the birds were fond of her. Yeah, Pokemon. I guess, I get it. Yeah, fair, fairy and <laughs> something. And the birds are cool with this one. Hmm. So maybe this was Curious. like Cree the war? Maybe something Or because with... she's a baby, they think that they can sway her? She's not yet corrupted? Maybe... Or maybe the birds just aren't into uh, minority reporting people. Maybe. <laughs> I, I respect that. This baby has not yet committed a crime. We have no beef against it. 
I'm, I'm Wait, isn't vote. that the whole thing about Minority Report is that they haven't committed a crime yet, but they still have beef? Yes, that's what I'm saying. The The birds aren't into that. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. They're not about that life. I'm thinking that this might just be prior to the bird fairy war. Because fairies are, like, really openly just kind of hanging out. Mm-hmm. That's true. They're they not have, yeah. in hiding or anything. Yeah, they have their own nation. Uh, so they haven't yet been, like, sent by the Milesians into the ground. Who gave them that? What, the the mound thing? A nation. A nation? Oh, no, they just have it. So I'm thinking this is, like, super early in the timeline. Mm. We haven't seen the war break out between the birds and fairies. Fairies have not been um, sent by the Milesians into the, the ground, and uh, ghosts and giants are beefing for reasons. Uh, so the peasants and commoners of their kingdom could not see why the first royal baby should be called Ninety, because they're peasants and commoners. So of course they didn't. They can't pronounce Niente. Those silly idiot commoners. Their pitchforks and their farming knowledge. And their dumb heads. Uh, so they all instead opted to call her Nobody. So you had the title. Princess Nobody. And only the courtiers called her Niente. So you get the dwarf deal. Everybody wins. Uh-huh. Except wa- for her. Yeah. The water fairy was her godmother. The water fairy? The one. Only? The the named water fairy. I'm guessing someone really high up in the... Like, she's maybe taken that snake trial a few times. Super high up in status. Uh, But for fairy reasons, they concealed her real name. So she, of course, was not christened Niente, but everybody called her that. She and her friends enjoyed great fun riding on birds. So I guess she's just, like, hanging out with other tiny fairy people. And, I would. And here's a picture of her riding a parrot while a maid of honor rides an owl. A lot of the story will just explain what's happening in the picture that Richard Doyle <laughs> made. Um, uh-huh. That I'm assuming is is the inspiration for Rangelang. This is why, like, I couldn't find a lot about why this story happened. Um, but like, It's just fanfic for a picture? Yeah, contextually within it, it just seems like he is referencing these pictures. Like, here is a photo album of the things that I'm telling you about. There was never such a happy country. All birds and babies playing together and singing and merry as the day was long. And presumably other country things are happening as well, like economy, food production, and sanitation. Uh, But this country is happy because birds and babies are playing together. You gotta take, you gotta take what you can get. So this is definitely in a, like, a peaceful time between birds and fairies. If we had babies and birds playing together in this country, I'd be happy. (laughs) That's something to strive towards. Bird, birds and babies and no daylight savings time 2024. Uh, so this joyful life went on until uh, Niente was growing to be quite a big girl and nearly 14. Does big in her context mean something else? I don't know if she's growing to be like a regular sized people or if it's big as in number of years under her belt. Yeah, I'm assuming we're still at Thumbelina size. Yeah, it's very unclear. Um, So there came a tremendous knock on the palace gates, and out rushed the porter and saw the little dwarf on his frog, and the dwarf said, tell the king he's wanted. (laughs) I put a hit out on him. A bounty. So the porter carried the rude message to the king, and the king went trembling to the door. I have come to claim your promise. You give me Niente, <laughs> said the dwarf in a froggy voice, which I guess I didn't do exactly. I don't... 
I'm not going to attempt a froggy voice. I can't imagine that being pleasant to hear. <laughs> now, the king had told the queen uh, about... Uh, had told the queen of the water fairies, which is his child's godmother, mm-hmm. a long time ago about this situation. And she had been like, yeah, if he's riding a frog, he's probably one of mine. So you just send him to me if he shows up and causes trouble. That's... It's good to have friends in high places, I suppose. Yeah. So what? Are, what were the, so? What were the parameters of this deal? You get a kid, Again, I get you, Niente. You get a baby, yes. I get Niente. So yes. as soon as she's not a baby anymore, which is, is when he comes to claim her, which is at fourteen. Yeah. Which is a far more generous timeline than Disney gives for adulthood. <laughs> so good on him. Um. So the king tells the dwarf that. Like he's going to send him to the queen of the water fairies and the dwarf is like, oh shit. And then he shook his little fist at the king, half drew his sword and shouted, I'll have Niente yet, before spurring his frog to see the queen of the water fairies. <laughs> I like that I like that he half drew his sword. Like this dwarf was ready to throw down <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm I'm going to bide my time and, and do this strategically. I took an anger management class and I've got I've got my shit on lock. He's going to throw down with his very tiny sword. Yes. And size seems to mean about as much as time in this story. So <laughs> he might have been successful. It was night by the time the dwarf reached the stream where the queen of the water fairies lived among long um, flags and rushes and reeds of the river. I might have written that wrong or gotten it auto-corrected. Um, she's like hanging out with with water plants. Uh, the two of them have a very long chat. So it seems like, a, I guess, a professional meeting. And the end of it was that the water fairy could only think of one way to save the princess. So she went to present this to the king. Like, look, we got laws. Deals were made. Um, we have a, a, a wee bit of a technicality in that she is not actually christened Niente, but everyone does t- call her that. <laughs> Um, so here's the best I can do for you. Can't wiggle out of that one. And the best I can do is make her just vanish clean away. Nobody gets her. I got me a bird here to take her to safety. So birds are like actually helping fairies at this time. I want to see. Very curious. I want to see whatever breaking point started the (laughs) battle. Uh, and she said, the dwarf won't get to her, but you will also never see her again unless a brave prince can find out where she's hidden and guarded by my water fairies. So I can turn her into a fetch quest and that's the best we can do. So her parents cried dreadfully and saw that there was no hope and it was better to just poof her gone than marry her to the rude dwarf who rides a frog. I guess. And it's not like she's getting any input here. So they sent for the princess, they kissed her, they wept over her, and gradually she faded out of her ver- out of their very arms and vanished clean away. <laughs> this is Kingdom Hearts. And then she flew away on the bird's back. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, unexplained in the Project Gutenberg file, because um, you can get it on Project Gutenberg if you want to read the story and see the pictures, actually. Um, there is now... Like, at this point, there's an illustration that's captioned, Here's a dwarf upon a snail. Take him off at once to jail. So I don't know what Lang is doing. (laughs) Chapter two. This story has chapters, suddenly. (laughs) You didn't mention that. No. That's a bit of a surprise. Yep. It was to me, How many of them? Um, I should have, like done labels on these huh (laughs) so i could pick them out i think there are at least three that's not that bad chapter two in mushroom land yes take me to mushroom land the kingdom's now miserable i guess because birds and babies aren't playing anymore and that is the metric for happiness here Um, that tracks The people are murmuring, the king and queen are nearly melted in tears, and trying to think of ways to get their daughter back. At last, the queen, a very big thinker, hit upon a brilliant plan. 
trade her away in marriage to any prince who will find her and bring her home. I feel like that's just in the royalty rule book. <laughs> like, it's, it, and it's page one. Yeah, like, when you're a little prince or princess being groomed for a uh, kingdom, uh, you get a, a series of golden books that go over specifically, like, how to trade a daughter away and uh, what what kinds of methods of execution are most effective in threatening somebody to go get you a coat. Is that better or worse than not having access to that institutional knowledge? <laughs> or like that it's, is it better or worse that it's taught to them or that, that it just seems to, once you achieve a certain level of power, this is the, the way that a brain works. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, would it be better to just, not provide them with any of this and be like okay figure it out from nothing or is it better to give them like well here's how we've been doing it uh i think for the average person it's definitely better to not teach them anything Mm -hmm. and then for them it's probably better for them to know oh yeah like worst case scenario our daughter is chattel that we can trade away for things to just anybody so the king protests this because he's like, who's going to want to marry a girl that they can't see? Ridiculous. And this this caused me some confusion here because I don't know if she just like turned invisible before she went on the bird. Or if he's just referring to the fact that she's not physically present. Uh, so he makes the argument that if any of these princes haven't married the pretty girls they can see, then they aren't going to want Niente, a potentially pretty girl that they can't see. Which is the first time we've had like this concern brought forth when offering a daughter. Well, if they haven't married someone else yet, why would they marry this one? The cost work to get. Never mind, we can at least try, said the queen. So she sent out messengers and pictures of Niente, presumably from her pre-vanished days. It's like just a bunch of embarrassing baby photos or whatever. And proclaimed that she would belong to whichever prince could find her. And also they were going to have a tournament at the palace to amuse the princes before the scavenger hunt began in earnest. So what kind of tournament are we talking about? Uh, this was like ye olde times party was trying to murder each other with sticks, so... Ye olde Tenkaichi? I, I guess. That, that's a Dragon Ball thing. Uh, We're just fishing for titles at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I, I throw them out, see how they feel. It's like, I'm like this is, this is going to be my pick later. <laughs> uh, so a br- bunch of princes gathered and knocked each other around with spears and swords like you do for fun when there aren't video games. Uh, and kind of like you do for fun with video games. We've just made that all virtual. Um, and they dined and danced and made merry. And it was just a great pre-scavenger hunt for a princess wife party. I feel like we're moving on from that already. And that makes me sad. Because it does sound like it was a fun time. Yeah. Some of the fairy knights had come over the border to fight with their spears. And they rode beetles and grasshoppers. And by their warlike exercises, they increased their courage until they felt brave enough to fight all the ghosts and all the giants, if only they could save the princess. So fairy knights are ready to go to war with both factions. The tournaments were over. The princes went into fairyland and saw lots of funny sights. Hit me with at least one of them, please. I gotta know. Um... So I'm pretty sure this is where the Richard Doyle illustrations, like Andrew Lang just like grabs a few of them and is like, I can't make story out of this. It's a listicle now. Um, <laughs> Check these funny sights out. Like a great snail race where the snails ran so fast that some of the jockeys fell off. A thing snails are known to do. They saw a fairy boy dancing with a squirrel. And they found all of the birds and beasts to be funny and kind and talk like other people. So we're definitely in the oldie times if like everybody's talking. That and this the story does actually next sentence, that was way in old times, but now no beasts <laughs> talk and no birds except parrots. Also some corvids. But Lang probably hadn't met a talking crow. Probably not. I do appreciate that he uh assures us to like not go try 
poking a squirrel for a conversation. It's not going to work, I promise. Among all the gallant army of princes, there was one who was ugly. Mm. He looked old and odd, and everybody laughed at him and called him Prince Comical. (laughs) But Prince Comical had a kind heart. And one day when he was walking alone and pondering on Princess Strats, he saw three bad boys teasing a big dragonfly by trying to pull off one of its legs. You know, teasing. Get out of here, you bad boys. So he drove them away, and he, like, gave the limbs of the dragonfly a massage until it stopped groaning and crying in pain. (laughs) And then it sat up and he said, hey, you helped me, what can I do for you? So Prince Comical says, hey, do you know where this princess is? And the dragonfly says, mournfully, um, no, but I know you're all in a very dangerous part of fairyland, and I can take you to an aged black beetle who can give you the best advice. Uh, so he goes along with the morose dragonfly. And they get to the beetle, and he asks, hey, hey, beetle. <laughs> Where are this princess at? I heard you do things, Beetle. The Beetle thinks about it and he says, Well, I know it's in Mushroom Land, but he'll be wanting a guide there. I feel like we already knew that, Beetle. That's the name of the chapter. <laughs> and the prince is yeah, like, I guess we did kind of cheat to know. But. Yeah. And the prince is like, Well, will you be my guide? And the Beetle's like, Hmm. Yeah. Sure, but what about your other friends? The the other princes that are, like, trashing up our whole situation here. So many tourists. Uh, Prince Comical says, Oh, yeah, it wouldn't be fair to leave them behind. uh, Because he is the soul of honor. He is so good, you guys. I believe you. He's gonna take this... Advent- advantageous beetle contact that he has received and share it with all of his friends. It's comical how honorable he is. The beetle says, well, you are a true knight, but before we go there, just you come along with me. Uh, so the beetle like, takes him somewhere where they can see a ways off and he points it out to him, the smooth, round, red thing a long way off, and he says, well, that's the first mushroom in Mushroom Land. So then they go there. Are they all numbered? I guess. And the beetle tells him to climb up the mushroom and look over. So he does, and he sees a crowned king sound asleep. I feel like you could just walk around the mushroom, and that would have been a lot less effort to see this same thing. Uh, But the beetle tells him, try and wake that guy. (laughs) Uh, So Prince Comical attempts to wake this king. And it is no use. The beetle says, well, There's your warning. Don't sleep under a mushroom in the mushroom country, or you'll never wake up again. And Prince Gomical's like, Yep, got it. This meeting could have been an email. <laughs> <laughs> we did not need to travel all the way to the mushroom kingdom <laughs> for this demonstration before we go back <laughs> and get everybody else. Thank you for wasting my fucking time. Alright, I think this is a good stopping point. (laughs) At the email? Yeah. So, uh, we will see how Prince Comical manages his quest with his friend the Beetle, whose voice I will forget by the time we return to this recording. Um, Next week. I feel like the story juked me. How so? I can't go with my, my usual prediction. Which is... What's that? War already occurred. Oh, yeah, there was a war. Uh, War... Maybe war will occur again. You never know. (laughs) You could get it. It tends to circle back around, yeah. So aside from maybe a war comes back, what do you think is going to happen? A big big kiss between a fairy and a giant. Yeah, I wonder if we are going to hear about giants or ghosts ever again. Probably not. (laughs) I'd like to. 
Yeah, I wish we were talking more about that. It would be great to have any idea what's going on there. Uh, any other predictions for Prince Comical, his beetle buddy, and the princess nothing? Uh, I would like Prince Comical to do at least one comical thing before the story ends. <laughs> Earn his would name. Be, yeah. It would be good, yeah. Just That's my a, hope. Do a stand-up set in the middle of this thing? I don't know if that counts as a prediction, but it is my hope. Well, um, we will catch the rest of the story next week then. We'll see how many of these predictions and hopes come true. Uh, thank you, Disaster Master, for uh, taking the time to scan and share this from your uh, your collection with us. Really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening to the show, sharing it around with people. Um, that, that really helps us get the word out. Uh, thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show in a financial way and also uh, joining our pocket family and just being a very delightful community that brings me a great deal of joy. Um, and thank you, of course, to our top-tier patrons, the Five-Headed Snake God, Allison, Frog Whisperer, Lucky, Lord of Dragons, Biblio Princess, Midori, Becca Lobster No Longer, The New and Improved Haley, The Cheese Fairy Cometh, Cobbler's Got a Cobble, Awkward, Project Birdfall Informant, Funky Little Strawberry, A Bunch of Question Marks and Two Exclamation Marks, Spag Ghost Coast to Coast, I've used this one before, but I like it the most, Caitlin, A Creature Not Yet Discovered by Science, Ya Girl Olwen, Ally, Knife Dan, Cobus Cat, Emperor Versus Putting Their Crocs in Sport Mode, Pyrus, <laughs> Nathan the Scott, Millipedish. This episode was in loving memory of Dave, not dead or anything, but it thought it'd be nice to remember him lovingly. Hi, Liz Tisifwimbus, and Ellipses and two exclamation marks. Haley Prime, Justin, Lily is letting you know you can always join the Stitch Along, just Pinger, Izzy, and Jenna. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Stitch Along just revealed the uh, strip club for horses. <laughs> the, uh, the strip club for horses portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, join us on, in the Discord to see a strip club for horses in uh, in stitching form. I assume we've already issued a um, a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, our, our lawyers are copyright infringement, right? Yeah, our lawyers are going to be kicking down the doors any minute now. Great. Great, great, great. Unfortunately, I think the Discord is more powerful than us. It, it is oh, true. It's, it's we will, true. We will get a backlash, but <laughs> you know what's what's a Patreon patron relationship without a little bit of war, right? <laughs> uh, so thank you all. Yeah, it, they are the giants, and we are the ghosts. <laughs> and you, and you will not hear from us after this. And thank you always, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. We're what the folklore, and that's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have story suggestions for us, please send them to wtfolklore at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales. If you enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts.